You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat and stay up to date. Hi, everybody. You listen to episode 29 of the Country Chat with Dom podcast. I'm Dom. Today, I've got a very special guest with me and her name is Poppy Fardell. Hi, Poppy. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. What's the weather? I just want to know what the weather's like down where you are at the moment. Because up here, it's kind of sunny. Yeah, I was just about to say, this morning, it rained a little. And now, it's really nice and warm. And I want to go and jump in the sea. That's crazy. I mean, I've been watching, like, Facebook. And people have been posting everywhere that there's been loads of, like, these thunderstorms. So it's been like, oh, my God, I want some of that up here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's hard in the heat when you're staying indoors, isn't it? Like, you'd actually rather it be a bit rainy. Oh, it's always hard, especially, um, like you say, when you're stuck indoors. And we like when we do the podcast, obviously, I can't set the podcast equipment outside. So it's a bit, it's not as fun. But yeah, it's <laughs> lovely and sunny outside, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> so what, I'm going to get this out of the way, this question, because it's the question that everybody asks. And I have asked it quite a lot during these interviews when we've been stuck inside. Now, obviously, we're going through this lockdown period, and today, for everybody, we're recording on the 17th of June at quarter past four, so that gives people a bit of a time frame of where we're at, and we're still indoors, we're still waiting to go back to work, some people have gone back to work, and some people have gone to school, etc., and that's great, you know, how has it actually been for you being stuck inside? Do you know what, it's... I mean, I guess you just take it day by day. I kind of fled London very quickly, like just before (laughs) we got locked down and came back to Devon where I grew up um, to be with my mum and the cats and with a few of my siblings. And actually, like most days have been been okay. (laughs) Most days have been quite nice, you know. Yeah. (laughs) You You get on with music, you've got time to kind of cook nice things and and work out and spend time with family and just at the start I was just kind of like enjoying reading and kind of really resetting things I felt like in general I needed a break anyway I was going a bit full speed ahead um but yeah on the whole it's been okay being inside I've it's hard being living five minutes from the sea and not being able to have beach days when it's been sunny yeah um but I think it's far better than being stuck in my flat in London. Um, <laughs> it's been okay. I feel like I've done lots of music and connected with people in a way I don't usually, which is on the internet. Um, so I'm, my technical skills are getting better, I hope. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been, on the whole, it's been pretty good. That's all that matters, really. Yeah, I think you've got to kind of take, you know, that's the situation we're in and we've got to take something from it and try and make it into whatever we can without any pressure to like feel like you have to do something but you know this this is what we're in so gotta make the most of it I mean it's it's crazy how before all this started you know we were all going like 100 miles an hour and Mm. suddenly when you're stuck inside you're like sat there twiddling your thumbs and it's like oh I can actually relax now and it's such a strange way to get back into that kind of swing of things yeah yeah for sure What's it like living in London then? Obviously, coming from Devon to move into like yeah. a big city into an apartment. What's it like for you? Do you know what? I lo- I've lived in a few places since I've been in London because um, I was studying in one area. So I stayed there and then I moved um, again and then again. Um, but I love it because I live with my two best friends and they're the best. So we it just feels like, you know, 
in your twenties having the most fun. I I, lo- I love London. I think it's great, and it's got it's got all the things that I want there. And I think because I was lucky enough to study in London, I've got a load of friends. Whereas before I before I kind of went to London to study, I wanted to move up on my own. And I think about that now, and I'm like, that would have been so miserable because I wouldn't have known anyone. Yeah. And I really think you need that community. So I love it. I have a great time. I mean, I do miss the beach. it's crazy because especially when you live with your parents and then you think you know what I'm ready to move out to this world you're thinking yeah I'll just go it alone and you know I'll hit the ground running but then you kind of get out there and it's like actually I kind of miss company so the fact that you get to live with two of your best friends yeah you know it's perfect yeah it's very lucky I feel very lucky to live with them are your friends musically minded or in the acting world as well they're in the acting world. They're both they're both very good musically as well. I would say lovely voices. Um, so yeah, we all we all met at drama school together. We all trained together and lived together there, and then carried on living together afterwards. Before we go into like the drama school side of things, <laughs> do you like when you're practicing songs or rehearsing songs or writing a song? Do you mm-hmm. like play with them and getting them to be like part of a band kind of thing? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we I mean, we always we're very funny. We'll be walking around London and we'll just like start harmonizing something just just either to, because we're having a laugh or you know, to make other people uncomfortable. No, That's the best way. Um, but I usually like I'll usually grab one of them once I've written a song and be like, "Hey, what do you think of this?" and they'll always listen and they love, like they come along to my gigs and stuff and so yeah. You ever you ever fun. thought of going into the middle of London and doing like a flash mob type thing, like coordinate it between yourselves. I've thought about it lots. It's uh, just got to tell them about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to do that. That'd be so fun. I always find it really, really fascinating to watch on like YouTube, just the, the whole scenario unfold, especially with those kind of like flash mobs. It's just so uh-huh. entertaining. Yeah. I, yeah. I just think they're great. I've never seen, I don't think I've ever seen one. Like oh. happen. I've watched them on YouTube and like in films, but never witnessed one firsthand. Um, I'd love that. Now there was, um, I think there was one up here in Leeds at the Trinity Centre, a big shopping centre in Leeds, and it was like a mm-hmm. um, like an orchestral band that all did like the Star Wars theme tunes. And yeah, it was it was really fascinating. It was great to watch. Yeah, I bet. Wow. So going into, I'd the... want to be part of it. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you like you stood there, you are watching, you like jaw drops and you're thinking oh can I do something I want to do something yeah yeah (laughs) going on to the drama side then what actually inspired you to go into like the acting and going across that route first well I mean it's always what I wanted to do I always wanted to do music and act. I kind of I started in musical theatre I started um in a musical theatre company in Exmouth, where I'm from, and for like a local company, they did some amazing. Like the audiences were huge, and they they tried to do it really properly so that we all understood from a young age like what it was like. Yeah. And um, and so I started in that, and then I wanted to study musical theatre at a drama school. Um, but at the same time, I started doing music as well and um, gigging and stuff, and like teaching myself guitar from from a bit younger than that, and then. Um, auditioned around a few places and there was one place that I really really liked I was like I love this college but I don't it hasn't got a musical theatre course so I just went for the acting musicianship course at Rose Bruford and didn't think I'd get onto the straight acting course because I'd never done much straight acting it had all been 
revolving around my voice so I was yeah. like well I'll only get in if I'm singing um but they called me back for the acting course which I was shocked about okay. um so ended up studying straight acting which was awesome um and yeah just carrying on so for everybody out there you know you've got your different types of acting you know you've got your musical side where you're singing predominantly and then you've got your straight acting where it's almost script work mm-hmm. what yeah you- so so musical theatre is more like dance singing and acting um but yeah we we dove into a lot of kind of serious plays and like we did tv scripts and all of that kind of stuff what kind um, what kind yeah. of do you prefer then do you prefer the musical side or did you prefer at the time the scripted stuff i i yeah i prefer straight acting now i love things like um i think girl from the north country was it was a play that involved music which i really would be into now i don't know i actually i mean i don't think i could do musical theater now because the training is so vigorous and what those people do with their voices while they're dancing and all that is so amazing i don't think i'm cut out to do that seven eight shows a week um so kudos to them but i yeah i prefer the straight the straight acting stuff now and i love that i've got music as well um i figured out the paths of both of those things yeah is what's it like then for you balancing the not two lives but two whole career paths yeah that's really interesting I get asked that a lot and a lot of people go like well which one are you going to do like eventually at one point one's going to take over and for me it's really simple because it's just completely who I am and what I want like it's very easy I I have a lovely acting agent and I go for auditions um, and a lot of them involve using my musical skills as well um so that's great so hopefully one day I could get a part which has both and then you know it all ties in together um but you know it's it's a tough industry acting wise in terms of there are a lot of actors out there the same as as there are a lot of musicians um and so the music is a really great thing to do while one's quiet and the acting is really great to do while the do you know what I mean and yeah. and in terms of music because it's all in my hands and I'm not managed and I'm an independent artist, it's never quiet. It never, it never needs to get quiet. So if, if I'm not getting many auditions or whatever on that side of things, then I can pick that up even more. And if I get loads of auditions, then I can, I can kind of make it work for me. And I am, and it's, I'm loving it. The balance is great. (laughs) That's awesome. It's almost like you're a puppeteer trying to balance the arms and the legs and yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now you mentioned the, it's whole, it's hard, especially with the amount of people out there. Now, obviously, you need to have some form of CV. Now, we talked Mm. a little bit about this before we actually started this. Now, I found your stuff on a website called Hatch. Yeah, that's my agent. So that's your agent for, like, the acting side. Yeah. And part of that, there's a, like, a spotlight, which is like a CV. Yeah. (laughs) Now, you know what the question I'm going to ask, because you kind of, like, got the hint straight away when I mentioned it just before we actually started this episode. Now, mm-hmm. the first thing I noticed was, it wasn't just the, um, there's like a list of different roles that you've played. And in 2019, you played the le- lead character in yeah. Cassandra? Sitting. Yeah, in Sitting. Um, yes. Yeah. What, was, what was that like? That play was 
just awesome. So um, a lady called Catherine Parkinson wrote it. She's been in like the IT crowd and all that. And she wrote it and took it to Edinburgh Fringe the year before we did it. Um, and it did really, really well. And then they decided to put it on at the Arcola in, in Hackney, yep. in Dalston. Um, and yeah, so I got cast in that. And it's basically a play where there's three people on stage the whole time. Um, and you're talking to a painter at the back of the room and then it all and and it's like huge monologues the script was crazy to learn and then it all intertwines and sometimes you talk at the same time as the other person and, and it's such a beautiful piece you did so well with it and it all kind of links in together and all the characters kind of it unfolds really beautifully um and yeah that was that was such a fun time I loved loved doing that play what was it like then you know when you go through rehearsals and you're reading the script and then you've got the uh, actor next to you reading the script at the same time, you know, do you find there's like a conflict? Like you're trying to say your lines and it's uh, they're putting you <laughs> off. No, I mean, we were all very different. So um, it was, it was someone was playing a mother, someone was playing um, kind of a, a guy, maybe age 30. And then I was the younger kind of 19. And um it was if anyone was speaking over each other, it was the exact same line, if that makes sense. Ah, so yes. you would you you would just happen to like be talking about two different things and she would she wrote it so so well that you would then come to the same conclusion. Yeah. Um but to be taught so for the audience it's really satisfying when two people say the same thing at once, but you've been listening to both sides and then it's like, ah. Um so oh, yeah, that's, that's it, cool. That was really cool. Yeah, it was cool. Are, is that is that play still on then? Is it still running or is that done now no not no not not still running that was done I think around this time last year maybe like mid-May like this time last year it finished it ran for about I think like six weeks I can't remember um I'd love to do it again so if if anyone's listening (laughs) if if you ever fancy bringing up to York and doing it in like one of the theatres up here just uh, by all means come up I'd love to see that (laughs) oh I would love to yeah it's a fab fab piece what kind of character was you then? Was you like a English girl or? Yeah, so my character Cassandra was young British, a bit of a hot mess, really. Um, kind of really trying to find herself in all the wrong ways. Very dramatic, very me, me, me. And then it kind of turned out she really wasn't like that, and that was just a bit of like a, a wall up, a guard up, yeah. and. She was hiding a secret the whole time, which kind of comes out at the end. So it makes it really interesting to play as an actress, having having something that the audience don't know that you know, that the person you're talking to doesn't know. Um, without giving it away in case it comes up to you guys, yeah, it was really fun to have that that, that much complexity in the character. Oh, awesome. Now, the reason why I mentioned being like an English girl is because on here you got a variety of accents and dialects. This is on the CV that you've got. Oh, no. <laughs> now, how many of... There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about 13, 14 different accents on here. How many mm. of them can you actually do still? Do you know what? I can't remember which ones are on there. Right. I'd like to think all of them. I mean, what we're kind of advised to do is if you can't... If 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 you get a audition through and it's for the next day, you have to have, you have to be able to just have one day's worth of practice and then be able to do it the next day so they're all kind of accents either I can do or or I have been able to do so therefore with 24 hours notice I could get back up to speed (laughs) all right then so you haven't had 24 hours notice you're having two minutes notice so the first one on here is American (laughs) New York 
Yeah. Okay. I have. You have to give me a line to say because then that's when it gets difficult. Um, um, let's go for some stereotypical. Oi, taxi! Can I bring my hot dog in here? <laughs> um, Oi, taxi! Can I bring my hot dog in here? That's brilliant. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> oh, no. I knew you were going to do this. <laughs> well, did, did you kind of get the gist when I um, mentioned the CV at the start? As soon as you said that, I was like, because that's what, whenever I go to casting workshops, occasionally the casting director will be like, so when your CV it says you can do, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> the second one is American Southern States. Uh, well, I just don't see why you should encourage lacks of people like that. That sounds <laughs> almost like a spitting image of Dolly Parton. Yeah, <laughs> that's brilliant. And my um, my I think my my, uh, my idol in terms of the southern accent is Lainey Wilson and Dolly Parton. Yeah, I've, um, I've... I, I love the way Lainey talks. She's got a great voice. Dolly's been kind of like a inspiration for you coming into like the music world, hasn't she? Oh yeah, for, I mean. She was my, so without sounding like a cliche, that was the first ever CD I ever owned was Dolly Parton's great, Greatest Hits. And I put it in my little CD player and I'd just sit on my bed and listen to it over and over again. <laughs> when, you're, um, when you're actually gigging then, do you find you go to a lot of Dolly Parton songs as like a cover? Yeah, I mean, I always classic cover Jolene. I don't think I've done too many more than that. I just kind of think, you know, Dolly is Dolly. Don't... <laughs> You can't recreate what's already genius, can you? Um, but yeah, no, I, I love a Dolly song. I've got a few on my set list. If I'm doing like a like a kind of pub gig where it's like a couple of hours and you're playing covers and originals and stuff, people always love to hear a Dolly song. I mean, the great, the great thing with Dolly Parton is because the UK is relatively new to the country scene, you know, it's only, what, the past six, seven, ten years max that it's really been growing and growing and growing. Now, mm-hmm. for country music with us, we grew up with like Dolly Parton that crossed over in the charts, into like the pop mm-hmm. charts. So like you had mm-hmm. Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers and all that kind of stuff. That's what we that's what influences our like country music taste. Unless you got like contacts within America, you know, that's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff we used to listen to. Now Dolly Parton mm-hmm. and Jolene is just I think that's one of my ultimate ultimate all time favourite songs. So good. Can you I wouldn't say give us a whole song, but can you give us a line? From Jolene? From Jolene, just your favourite little line. Just un- unaccompanied. Unaccompanied. I've got, I've got a few. I Acapella. Yeah, I love, I remember being a kid and writing actually in my English class when they asked us to describe something and I actually stole, sorry Dolly, I stole one of her lyrics thinking that no one would have ever heard that song before. Um, and it was like... Uh, your smile is like a breath of spring. Your skin is soft like summer rain. And I cannot compete with you, Jolene. Yeah, I think I wrote, like, your smile is like a breath of spring. Your voice is soft like summer rain. And, like, my teacher was like, mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, it's all me. <laughs> oh. Busted. Yeah, busted, fully busted. So how come, you had, how come that was the first CD then? Like, was it your parents influencing you to go into that side of music or yeah I mean so my dad's a musician he always played in bands and stuff and we kind of followed him around to festivals while he played and my mum loved country music and she was an actress as well so 
um, I kind of just stole both of their professions and was like, I will do them both. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like my mum loved the Dixie Chicks and it wasn't, it probably wasn't the first CD I ever heard, but it was the first CD that was mine and like I had. And I remember, I think, yeah, I think I was, I think someone gave it to me or I, I, I bought it from one of those secondhand CD stores where it's like fairly cheap, but you get a whole album and you think you're really cool. And um, yeah, it was definitely mum and dad who kind of encouraged me into that side of music mum mum loves country so yeah do you know how old you was when that was like the biggest influence you know is it like any specific memories that you can go back to I mean age wise I can it's really weird I don't know if I remember the age I remember like being in a car like driving to go to London to go and watch Wicked with my mum and family and listening to Dolly Parton the whole way um, so I must have been seven, five, seven. Like, yeah, yeah. it must have been something like that. Like the um, earliest memories you can usually have. Yeah. And I remember, like, I have so many memories of, like, us driving anywhere. Because we were the kind of family that, like, if you were going to, like, Creeley Adventure Park or if you were going for a day out, you would be singing songs. Like, we had car songs, like, there once was a cowboy all dressed in red. Fell off his horse and landed on his head, and there was blood on the saddle, blood on the seat. Great big blood. It was like we'd all, because there's five of us. I'm the youngest of five. We'd all be singing these daft car songs, and then when we got bored of those, we would turn on the CD player. And I just remember Dixie Chicks' Long Way Round or, or Easy Silence from that from that album just being played, and we would all just sing it so loud because we just loved it. Like, oh wow. Um, yeah, so I, I always remember like car journeys, listening to to the Dixie Chicks or Dolly Parton. Or that's fantastic. Know. Is that any of you, like your brothers or sisters? Do they go into like the musical world, or are they completely different? Yeah. So, well, I mean, I no one's doing it like professionally, but everyone does it. So my brother, um, he always played instruments. He doesn't do it so much anymore, but he's more into the filming and editing side of life. And he's really cool. And he does like skiing and snowboarding and chefing. And, um, <laughs> but my sisters all sing. They've all got great voices. Um, yeah, I love hearing them sing. Have you ever been tempted to like bring them onto a track? I mean, not yet, but I'd love, to, that would be really interesting. Like, I think, I think it's, I think it's different, isn't it? Like if we were all doing like, we, we've, we've, for my sister's wedding, we all sang a song as she walked down the aisle, which was lovely, and I'd love oh. to record that. Um, <laughs> That's so sweet. I know, isn't it? <laughs> so I'd love to like record little family moments like that where we do come together and and we're in the same place for more than five minutes and we get to sing together. What's it been like then? Obviously, are you back at home now with your family? Um, yeah, so I'm in with my I'm in with my mum just during lockdown, and um, one of my, my one of my sisters and my twin brother and his his best friend is here um, in the house, and the two cats. But my other sister lives lives like ten minutes away, and then my eldest sister lives in London, so I see her a bit more than the others when I'm back. Yeah, in London. Well, at least the majority yeah. of you are so close together. So close. Yeah, and my dad lives down the road as well. So there's there's a big bunch. There's there's a few of them and it's still in Exmouth, which is quite nice. That's awesome. Now you mentioned like videography, you know, with your brother. Mm-hmm. I want to know, your newest single at the moment is Better Start, which was yes. released back in April. Yeah. Now you released yeah. the video on YouTube mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. a fantastic video. And I just wanted to know who actually filmed the whole thing. 
My twin brother. Your twin brother? Yeah, he's awesome. He's so, he's a genius. I actually swear to God, anything that boy puts his mind to, he can do. And like, it's not that he can do it mediocre. Like he gets expert level and then he's like, right, next thing. Um, but he's, yeah, he's he's really amazing. Um, I was, I mean, I always knew how good he was. And then he went, right, it's done and showed it to me. And I was like, what? <laughs> Like, awesome. I don't want to big up my own work, but it's his work, so I can big it up. Yeah. <laughs> She's got my face on it. But he did amazing, yeah. Has he always done, like, music videos, or is it just a generic, like, range of videography he does? Yeah, well, he he basically started um, when he was really young. This is what I mean. He's so clever, and, like, and it, he started a YouTube channel when he was super young of him skateboarding and, like, filming his mates doing tricks. And then, like it became this huge channel that even when I went to um, college to do sixth form, I actually, there was this guy on my course who I thought was kind of cute. And I was like, Oh yeah, he's, he's a bit cool. And then like, we were chatting away and then he was asking me about my brother, like my family. And I was like, yeah, my brother's a skateboard. He went, Oh, your brother skates. I skate. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. I went, yeah, he's got a YouTube channel called I Assure. And he went, your brother's Are You Sure? And I was like, oh no. <laughs> the only cute guy on my course is like obsessed with my brother. Um, but <laughs> that'd be great around um, the dinner table yeah exactly but yeah he's always kind of done filming and like worked things out for himself I maybe this was his first music video I think this might have been his first I apologize in advance Max if I'm wrong but pretty sure better start with his first full music video I mean it's a fantastic song and I love the whole the whole way the videos laid out, you know, going between like the fields and then the wooded areas, and then you got the nice little cutouts with like the old style vintage film, and yeah, everything's great about it. Whereabouts was it filmed? So that was filmed on Woodbury Common, which is like um, the like proper middle of nowhere countryside um, in Devon. It was gorgeous because there wasn't a soul there, um, and so we could really get get stuff done and like spend a bit of time outside. Um, yeah, so it was in Devon. That sounds like bliss. It was. It was lovely. Apart from carrying all the stuff. It was <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> Does he have like loads and loads of this big boxes full of expensive equipment kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, he had bags of it. I had the little suitcase that I was like. I carry and it was full of stuff and we were just lugging everything along to get to these locations but it was definitely worth it as well as taking your guitar as well yep <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't there to do that I'd be, yeah I'd be knackered <laughs> now last thing I want to ask regarding these accents is it says obviously you can do all the southern stuff and like Scouse and Essex and all that stuff now as a northerner I want to know what your northern oh, accent no. sounds like Oh no. Okay, well, but like there's quite a few, isn't there? Because like, what do you mean? Like, like, I, I hate saying the word general northern because that doesn't really exist. General do you mean like Yorkshire or do you mean just like Manchester? Go on, y- Yorkshire. We'll go Yorkshire side because that's where I'm from. Well, like, I don't like a Yorkshire pud or nothing, but like, I really like it with gravy. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. so nerve wracking. <laughs> oh, I like to put you on the spot. This is awesome. This is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. See, now you're going to take the mick out of me now. Um, yeah, that reminds me of a um, of um, Rita Sue and Bob Two and like Kez and stuff like that. These are like northern films full, yeah, filmed yeah. in like northern locations. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I always apologise to everybody before the actual chat start, you know, saying I apologise for my accent because I am I northern. love your accent. I love it. So, do it, how do you actually... 
learn these accents? Is it just repetition or is it listening to different things and then just mimicking? Yeah, it's a lot of that. I mean, we did a lot of it in school. Like we'd learn about, you know, I mean, there's so much in a drama and acting degree that you wouldn't believe. And sometimes you're like there and then you kind of look up and you're like, what are we doing? This is daft. And like to explain it to your friends who don't do it, they're like, what are you, what are you doing all day, every day? This is ridiculous. But so we learned a lot about the shapes and kind of phonetics and stuff like that. And then you kind of, you can apply that to accents. And it's a lot of like finding someone like yourself, I might take you and go, hey, can you just voice note um, Arthur the rap for me and a few random words with different vowel sounds. And then you just listen to it and you just say it over and over again. Um, I, I really find the voice interesting anyway. I did, um, I really like radio work and like, playing with voices I love doing impressions and stuff like that so accents for me are really fun um yeah you ever thought of doing that like as a professional career as well as like your music and the acting doing like professional voiceover radio work to do jingles for different locations especially around the UK mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I'd love to it's just really re I mean it's harder than you'd think to get into to get yourself a voice a voiceover agent um there was a thing toward the end of our degree called uh, Carlton Hobbs which is like a like a competition for each drama school you put four people forward and they do like a radio thing so I got a lot of training in that by a lovely guy called Sean Connolly who plays the voice of Sean the Sheep yeah. um so did a lot of that with him and he's just he's wicked so yeah I, lo I love that kind of work I'd love to go into it a bit more because just before you did like the Carlton Hobbs award thing mm. you was doing your college degree for three years Mm -hmm. yeah and that was in the third year yeah three years is a, is a long well it seems like a long time but it went so quickly really I think that's because like school is like seven five years I don't know I can't remember how long school is now like five years of secondary school and however many years of primary school yeah and that's that seems like a big chunk of your life and then you finally get to a chunk where you're like you want to do that you're like really happy to be there every day and it's only three years it's like <laughs> what was it what was it like then going from like secondary school and doing all that kind of level of learning doing all that to then go into this mm -hmm. acting school where it is the subject that you want to do because that's what you do when you do a degree yeah well I mean I did um I I I didn't stay at my um secondary school for post 16 I went to Exeter College and did music which was more of an independent thing which kind of is the next step and then I took a year out and then I went so I mean, I was always kind of the drama music girl in school. And um, so it just felt like being around a lot of people who were that people at school as well. So that was quite nice. <laughs> That's brilliant. So you're actually living the life that you just always dream to have. Yeah. I mean, I loved, I loved being at drama school, just surrounded by your friends all the time. You feel you're like you, you're working towards your goals, but like someone else has set out the timetable for you. So like, it's the best of both worlds, really. <laughs> So I've mentioned briefly your newest single, Better Start. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. I want to go back to your first single, Hayley. Yeah. Where did Hayley, the whole concept for the song, come about? Yeah, I get asked that a lot. And I think it might just be because it's a weird song. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, the, I, the idea behind Hayley came really quickly, actually. It was a bit of a weird one. When I look back at it now, I'm like, oh, yeah, this had just happened. So I was, I was doing my muggle job you know my 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 uh my 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 harry potter not a wizard muggle job which was teaching in a school yeah um i was i was like temping as a teacher's assistant like from school to school and i did nannying and i did all this random stuff you know nanny by day 
musician by night. Um, and we, I was in a class and they were learning about uh, Boudicca or Boudicciel, however you say it. Um, and that night I just went to sleep and I had a dream that I was some amazing red headed big hair, like galloping through these fields. Yeah. And there was loads of fire. Um, and people were chasing after me and then I woke up and then I wrote this song because I was like okay I'm just gonna write this down and just started writing it and it didn't take me very long at all I wrote and actually there was two extra verses at this point which I then cut because the song was six minutes long and <laughs> apparently I am not queen and I can't put out a six minute long song yeah, but um, have you ever thought of releasing like a uncut uned unedited, unedited version for like YouTube so yeah you that would be really cool yeah, I think if people were interested in hearing kind of the extra two verses, I mean, originally the plan was to do Hayley that way and then play it live with the extra two verses, but I just, they, they very naturally slipped off. So maybe I'd just overwritten. Um, <laughs> if people were interested in hearing it, I'd definitely, definitely do it. Um, but yeah, it all just came out really quick. And I think at the time I thought it was a really abstract song about like something I'd thought about and just imagined in my head. Um, and it is like, the reason I haven't done a music video for that yet is because my music video would cost way too much money. I'd want it to be like full on like a movie with like huts, like basically back at the time where they would burn witches at a stake kind of vibe. Like yeah. I'd want a cast of a hundred, it'd be like <laughs> Game of Thrones. It'd be ridiculous. Um, but now when I look back at what I was going through in my life at that time, I'm like, ah, that makes a little bit more sense in hindsight as to like subliminally how I was feeling about a lot of things and, and kind of getting away from from a situation yeah yeah how how did it all trans um like transfer into your second single then when you wrote lose myself you know, well lose myself and you I actually wrote before Haley. um oh, <laughs> I wrote you? that yeah I wrote it in my first year of training and I wrote Haley like two years after that and I don't know why I lose myself and you stuck um I yeah, we just, I kept playing it to Tim, who who does the production work. And he was like, you know, I think, I think we should do this one. And I was like, yeah. Um, and I think to this day, I'm still, I'm still not convinced. I, I, I really like it. And then some days I, I don't like it. So, I mean, I love the production work that they've, that Tim's done. I think the, the, the record sounds awesome. Um, For everybody out there, that's always, Tim Protty Jones. Tim Protty Jones, King Tim Protty Jones. He's fabulous. Um, yeah, but yeah, Lose Myself and You came about in a different way. It was basically um, about a guy who's actually my really good friend now and he knows it's about him. <laughs> so it's very funny. Um, and it's just kind of, it was at the start of uni, like you get really close to someone and then, you know, the things you learn about someone at the start is very kind of highlight real stuff in general, isn't it? And then you yeah. kind of dig a little deeper and things change and, you know, it's just kind of really immersing yourself in that person that you are for the first two weeks of meeting someone and then being like, okay. <laughs> so the, that, kind of, that kind of relationship never worked out then for you? No, but we got a great friendship out of it, so that's good. That's all that matters then, really. Yeah, 100%. Is there anybody on the lines, on the cards at the moment that you're getting inspiration from? Getting inspiration? <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, Henry Cavill keeps dodging my calls, but... Um, no, I yeah. So my partner at the moment, I don't, I don't know if people have heard it yet. The 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 song about I I played it on a few live streams. Double denim is about um my partner at the moment because we are like the two most different people you could come across. Like when my mum kind of was like, she was like, eh, what you 
you you too and like compared to my ex my ex was an actor in the year above me like we yeah. were like really similar in lots of ways and um my partner now like we couldn't be more different but it just like it's just so much better than anything i've ever been in so it's great well that's a great thing sometimes you know that opposites attract yeah vibe, yeah and that's and that's what the whole song's about um i, I can't wait to release that one is there is there going to be like an EP or anything releasing soon? Because there's a, I noticed on YouTube earlier there's another song that isn't released yet. Follow me down too. Oh yeah, see yeah that one's hard. I, I lots of people were requesting. So yeah, I'm I'm planning an EP at the moment. It was meant to be out around this time this year, but obviously due to the pandemic, it's kind of taken everything back a few <laughs> few steps. And yeah. I'm determined not to rush the EP, even though I kind of might. My, my body wants to rush it and I'm like but I want to record this but like you know things take time and that's fine so yeah there's an EP that I'm working on which will have the three singles um, that have been out on and then three more and I know five of these songs but I don't know what I want the last one to be I've got lots of options and people keep requesting it to be follow me down too and then some people keep requesting it to be other stuff so yeah I don't know I don't know wh- whether follow me down two is ever going to get recorded or not um yeah <laughs> are you just going to keep it at six then or why don't you add, well yeah add a i mean this is the thing i mean six is quite big for an ep anyway yeah so now everyone and i've said to everyone i already know what my next ep is going to be so everyone's like why don't you just do an album but i don't feel like i'm big enough to have an album no one knows who i am yet um <laughs> well, people, so I, I disagree really because your name is pretty much everywhere right now. It's fantastic to see. I mean, Matt Spracklin's been playing you quite a lot and everybody is just absolutely loving your music. I love it in particular. I mean, there's one line that I I don't relate to, but I can see it <laughs> kind of strong, is in your newest single, Better Start, it says, Ooh, I never did never did drink whiskey. I don't like the I don't like the aftertaste. Mm-hmm. I think that's how that's that's how the line goes. Now, mm-hmm. I can get that. I can understand. I don't like Irish whiskey, so yeah. I don't like the aftertaste or even some scotches. Mm-hmm. But I like the mm-hmm. American bourbon, so I can just drink all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that you? You know, is that written from you? Your experience? Yeah. Like I, I mean, I'm not a huge drinker anyway. But if I was, it'd be the sweet stuff, which is awful. But. Um... <laughs> But actually, uh, what's so interesting about it is I was actually discussing it with my mum the other day because my sister was asking about it in a similar way. She was like, so like, you really don't like whiskey? And I was like, no. And then I was like, but actually at the Long Road Fest, when I went to the Long Road Fest with Jake and Tim and all of that lot, me and Jake grabbed a drink and I felt like this was the only thing behind the bar was whiskey. And we got a fireball. I don't I don't yes. know if that was right. I don't know what whiskey it was. I don't know what they did to it, but they like squeezed lime around the, out, the, around the rim of the cup and like did it and it tasted amazing and I was like that's the only time I've ever enjoyed it and then and then I don't know whether it was because I was freezing cold or not but my sister was like so your song's a lie you do like whiskey and then my mum was like no 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 because she does say in the alternative chorus I never did like whiskey but I own a bottle now (laughs) and it's just that one that one type that I liked but yeah I mean before before I tried that whiskey was really not my thing not my thing at all and I was kind of like damn you know there's all these country singers singing about w- down and whiskey and <laughs> feeling pretty and and i was like but i don't like whiskey so i just thought i had to be authentic in that. yeah but that's the main thing is being that keeping that authenticity to yourself because yeah. that, that's what yeah. songwriting is you know you're writing about 
either a land that you make up in your own head or you write mm-hmm. about personal experience. So if you're writing yeah. from personal experience, you've got to keep it true to you. Yeah, exactly. Is that how yeah. you generally like to write then from experience? Or do you ever go into this fairy tale land in your head sometimes? Yeah, I mean I find it I think I find it easier to write from experience. Yeah. Um probably just because I do it more often than when I when I go into like uh, a different someone else's version of um someone else's reality or anything like that yeah I I like to write from my personal experience I'm always writing down little notes of like things I notice or things I feel and then trying to make that I think as a writer you naturally try and make that work in a poetic kind of lyric kind of way and then and then see if that see if that works as something more um yeah was he great at English then at secondary school during like the poem lessons and free writing I don't yeah, I don't remember being good at anything really like that. But I think I, I think I was. I don't think I enjoyed it that much. Like I, I don't like writing when I'm told to write, but I like writing when I want to write, which is classic, isn't it? But um, yeah, I I mean, I always like the poetry stuff. It's just when they add all the questions on and make you think about it, why the curtains are blue for an even deeper meaning, and I can't yeah. switch off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> totally get that. <laughs> I mean, it's like some people try to look for that hidden meaning when sometimes they're just, the curtains are blue. That, yeah. That's what they yeah. are. Yeah. And I love um, someone who I take big inspiration from, and I only discovered this artist maybe a year ago. I don't I didn't know if I knew her before then. It's Casey Musgraves. I love how blunt she is. And then she'll throw in a kind of metaphor type thing and then she'll go back to being really blunt. And I really, really like that. Um, for me, I mean, I don't always particularly do that. Um, yeah. And I wish, I kind of wish I did a little bit more. Um, but, you know, you've got to write what you're feeling in the time and there's no point in, in trying to strive to be like other artists. But I really, I really dig that way of kind of writing. It just feels really refreshing when you're hearing it. Her songs, very refreshing. Well, it's great you say that because if you go to Poppy's YouTube channel, she's actually got a couple of covers on there. And yep. you actually cover Casey Musgraves. Yeah, I find her song, I mean, maybe it's because I listen to her all the time. I find her songs are in my head a lot at the moment. So then when I come to cover a song, I do this a lot. I kind of set up my stuff to go, right, I'm going to film a video today. And then I have no idea what I'm going to play. I haven't planned that far ahead. So I'm like, well, what song's in my head? And a lot of the time it's a Casey song. So I'll just be like, well, let's do that. (laughs) Got to say, though, out of all the covers you've done so far, I think Mm -hmm. my favourite one is Tennille Towns' Jersey in the Wall. Yeah, I love love that that song. So that was Jake Morell, actually. He, um, we, I can't remember what happened. We, I had a writing session. He kind of was like, hey, you're free to write this week. And I was like, oh, not that day. And then my writing session got cancelled. So I texted him like, yo, do you want to write? And he was like, yeah, yeah, cool. And then he texted me like, oh, actually, I'm, I've, I've actually not finished this and I'm really busy. Um, but instead, here's a little challenge. Learn this song. And I'd never heard it before. He's like, learn this song, um, cover it and post it today. And I was like, done i'm gonna do it so did it and i just loved yeah it's such a beautiful song um yeah it's gorgeous out of all the songs though to choose it's such a great song it is brilliant yeah it's yeah it's so stunning and yeah she i mean she's got her album coming out lemonade stand soon hasn't she yeah and she's she's just fantastic like what an artist what an artist what is the favorite song you've ever covered then that's really hard because there's, I mean, there's those classic covers that I always 
kind of do because I enjoy doing them and at one point they were probably my favorite and now it must have if I think about it properly it's probably changed but I love if it's if I'm in the mood at the time I love doing it I love um doing Bob Dylan um you're gonna make me lonesome when you go yeah and babe I'm in the mood for you I love those two songs um I love Traveling Soldier. I'll always come back to that by the Dixie Chicks. I just think the story is just so, oh, it's just so beautiful. Um, I love the whole melody to Traveling Soldier. Just the yeah, whole, just, the way it transitions, especially into the chorus. Just, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. Um, yeah. So I think, I think maybe that, but you know, Neil Towns is up there. Some of the covers I've done recently on YouTube are all kind of on the day learning that song. Um, yeah quick whack the chords up I know it in my head because I've listened to it so now I'm gonna and yeah so a lot of the covers on YouTube are actually newer songs for me to do they haven't been on like a set list for a very long time um I loved yeah yeah I loved doing um the Tennille one and the Ingrid Andrus one um yeah that was they're good they're great songs to cover I listened to them and I'm like oh I wish I wrote that so stupid of me not to think of that song before they did (laughs) now looking back at your I'll go back to the Spotlight CV. Now, for music and dance, it tells us the kind of things you can do. Now, you can play the cajon, you can do country mm-hmm. singing, which you're highly skilled at, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can play guitar, period dancing, singer-songwriter, and singing in general. Like, mm-hmm. period dancing, what's that? Yeah, so we did that in um, in training. We did a lot of period dancing, which was a lot about... Um, so if I remember, which I should remember, there's a lot of classic well-known dances. I can't I don't remember any of the names of them. From like, So what they'll do in period films is they'll get someone in who will... They'll know certain names to like certain little kind of routines. They're quite short and quite simple, but it's like what they would do back in the day. So if you're watching something like Pride and Prejudice, like... Those are the kind, they'll, yeah. they'll be called something and that's what they'll be doing. So we did a lot of learning that and like some of the foot, the footwork to that and the, the posture and, and more about how you, because a lot of everything we did, we did singing, we did all of that, but the whole focus, it was like acting through song and acting through dance. So it was, it was making sure that you kind of understood um, the kind of way people would hold themselves back then. And um, so yeah, period dancing, we did a lot of like waltzing and, and other weird things that I can't remember the names of, but um, yeah, that was that. What do you prefer doing, period dancing or stage combat? Stage combat. What is stage, all day long? What is stage combat? Is that just fighting on a stage, literally? It's like safe fighting, like what they do in all these like stunt movies, which I would die to be in. Be, but this is the thing: I'd love to be in period dramas, but I'd love to be in like my dream role is Lara Croft and. Damn, Alicia, the candor for getting there first, but she is amazing. Um, yeah, I love stage combat. You fight with swords and you fight with your body and you do all these like hitting your body to make the sounds. And I mean, you don't have to do that if you're obviously in, in film because they add that after. But yeah, yeah, stage combat's so fun. You feel you feel like um, a warrior, but you're not getting hurt, and it's just great. <laughs> oh, that was going to be my next question. Like, does it hurt when you actually do all this stuff? Like, do you end up coming out with bruises or? you know damaged ligaments (laughs) I mean there was one time in first year where a friend of mine stabbed another friend by accident a little bit in the side of the tummy like not fully but it just kind of went boing (laughs) by accident quote quote Um, but no I I mean yeah I mean I think 
you're doing it on a film set and stuff, you end up with a few bruises, and you, especially if you're jumping around on the floor and getting thrown to the floor, but it's all safe. You're not going to get injured. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a really physical person in terms of like my acting as well. I love to take on a role physically and, um, and I'm, I physically enjoy like being active in general. So like stage combat's really fun for me. I just love it. And actually just before the pandemic, I had a course book to do um, the wire work stunts that they, you see in films, yes. like to get a show reel for like them running up walls and flipping around. And then obviously we went into lockdown, so I had to cancel it. So I was gutted, oh, but no. um, hopefully I'll get to do that afterwards. Cause yeah, stage combat is super fun. I'd just be so exhausted if I did the uh, wire work stuff. Just you see him doing all like the jumps and twists and almost like mm-hmm. kung fu style things where they're flying yeah. across the room and yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, it's fab. Yeah, it's really fun. Next film franchise I want to go into is you briefly mentioned it a second ago. I don't know if Harry you can... Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah. Now, I'm a big I'm a big fan of Harry Potter. I've mentioned this mm-hmm. before on the show before and yeah what is harry potter to you then i always loved it um my sister was my 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 sister who's just one older than me she's she's the middle child was like the harry potter fanatic like she had everything she had the wands she had the capes she wrote herself a letter in year six offering her a place at hogwarts (laughs) because she wanted to go so bad um for secondary school but um obviously that didn't happen so I really liked it and it was always more of my sister's thing but we did always go to the cinema I think I was maybe a little bit young to understand it at one point but um yeah I think Harry Potter's great I it's you know it's, it's an amazing story what I love about it is is you watch it and nothing seems unbelievable where and actually when you look at these characters they're all so random and bizarre <laughs> and and um larger than life and made up but like it's so believable like you totally buy into that whole world of um hogwarts and all of that yeah i, I love harry potter i think it's fabulously british and do you know what i mean like yeah. it just seems like a thing i take it you'd want to be someone like hermione granger that i <laughs> in third year when i was looking for my pieces to do for my showreel i i emailed um one of our course leaders and went what like what's my cast and he went Hermione Granger um, and I was like that doesn't help me because I you know that's been cast that's been done but we did a short storytelling thing in our second year and we did like a funny thing of Harry Potter and I did play Hermione Granger so yeah please 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 tell me there's a at least a video of that somewhere I I, I wish there was I wish I could see it because I was doing the eyebrow thing and I didn't get to see it um yeah Oh, that's awesome. love- That's brilliant. Oh, yeah, I love I, it. I wish there was, like I say, you know, I wish there was some form of evidence to see. <laughs> oh, I wish there was too. I mean, regular we regularly, you know, do impressions in my house, both here and in London, of, of our Hermione and our, you know, and that lot. Now, last thing I want to mention regarding this spotlight CV is. The vocal range. So it says you can do oh, yeah. a belt to F five. Yeah, I can't I can't remember doing um I remember I think you we I think a friend of mine helped me out with that, but I can't really remember doing it, yeah. Just for my mind, because I'm not I don't I don't sing. 
and all like the scales, you know, is is alien to me. And I can imagine there's people out there that it's very similar to. You know, what is like belt to F five? So like, I think the F five is the standard thing you'd get in musical theatre. So in most songs, female lead songs, there comes a note where it's and it's usually an F five or higher, but it's you. That's usually kind of the the note as far as I'm aware this is what I've been I've been told through my many years so like in like yeah in a song where there's like a, a crescendo what's the word and it all gets big yeah. and beautiful usually that song's like they're looking for someone who can play on f5 because that's usually what that will be just that one like glass breaking high note kind of thing yeah like i don't know if you've heard like in bonnie and clyde when bonnie sings dying ain't so bad it's like and that's the yeah that's the yeah that that'll be the note um and i think that might have been the song that i went off to do that because i did that song in my third year so that was probably why i put that there i didn't think i ever actually went up the scale and tested what i could do because i don't expect to be seen for too many musicals (laughs) it's kind of more important if you did mt um yeah. What what we need now is a YouTube video of you working your way through the scales. <laughs> I bet people would love that. That might get me some subscribers. <laughs> it'd be it'd be fascinating to watch. I mean, I I can't sing. I can't sing for toffee. And yeah, just to see how somebody can go through a scale, it'd be great to see. Yeah. I mean, there will be videos out there, but I want to see you do it. You want to see me do it? <laughs> yeah. No. Maybe I will. I'll have to think about that. <laughs> okay. Then going back to your music now so out of the three singles you've released so far which one has been the easiest one to lay down musically in a studio and which one Mm -hmm. has been the most daunting and you know nerve-wracking one for you to do god i don't know i mean naturally Haley was nerve-wracking in a way because it was my first ever one but um, at the same time, that one was really fun. I had no kind of idea what it would come out sounding like. Um, Tim did an amazing job. And yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, none of them have been too, too nerve wracking. I remember uh, with Lose Myself and You, it took a few times to get the backing vocals right. We kind of did them and we're like, great, we've, you know, we've, we've done that fab. And then kind of after a few mixes, we were like, these aren't we these aren't right so we've got to go back and change the backing vocals and um and yeah but other than that other than that I, I mean I've enjoyed being in the studio with all of them really has it been such a strange not a transition but strange going from like the acting to then one day going into the studio to go record and then the next day you could be going acting again do you find that whole situation strange no not at all I love it I mean my dad um <laughs> obviously as a musician we did a few few like recordings when I was a little bit younger of songs that I'd written that were totally sweet and embarrassing um so I'm gonna get released now (laughs) one day I'd love that like the unhidden gems of 14 year old poppy father um but yeah I mean I, I kind of I'd always kind of this is what I mean this is this is where it's for me there's no balance needed because it's just so natural when I was younger I would do music and I would record at my dad's house and then the next day I'd be at rehearsals for a show and so it it just all I've done is cut out school obligatory school and I'm still doing what I've always done since I was young so um apart from I have to earn a little bit more money now which is a bit annoying but um yeah it feels feels great doing both what's it been like then 
trying to pay the bills and, you know, work living in an apartment in London isn't cheap. I know you've mm. got people living with you. You know, is there anything that you do on the side work-wise or merchandise-wise that helps bring in that little bit of extra money to help you out? Yeah, so, like, I teach drama on a Saturday to uh, the Bruford Youth Theatre Kids and at Stagecoach. And then, like, just try and get as much ad hoc work as you can. Like, I'll nanny or I'll I'll try and get a gig or I'll do things like that to try and try and get money to pay the bills. Um which is which is good in a way because it keeps me working really hard um but I am really looking forward to the day where like I don't need to do those little side jobs to um to 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 keep going it's just all coming from music and acting and I can live happily with that that would be amazing ultimately that's everybody's dream is to have Mm. you know this perfect scenario I mean especially in the beginning stages you know that's the that's the difficult thing you know is that balance between work and almost play I know it's not play, but it's the fun side. Yeah, and I've always been pretty hot on making sure I, like, at the same time as music and stuff not being work, like, it is so much fun for me. I do try and make sure that I prioritise it just as importantly as I would with work. Um, Because when something's bringing, like, the money in or you're told it's work, it feels like you have to put it above everything. So I do, I mean, especially while I've been home for lockdown, I'd be saying like, right, I'm working now. And that would be on music stuff because, you know, at the end of the day, like this is, this is a career that you're trying to mold and it has to be top priority and apart from health and family and and all of those things. Um, Yeah. I try, I try and make sure that like, obviously it's, it's fun and like it would never be labeled work for me because I enjoy it so much, but I do want it to be my work. So I, I really try and, you know, you know, it's like that dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Yeah. It's like that. Like I try and shape my days around the days that I want to, ha- I want to like continue to have and want to have in the future. Um, yeah. You mentioned shape your day and dress, you know, act the way you need to act for work. How mm. does your day go from start to finish then, you know, both for the acting world and the singing world you know what do you have like a special routine in place where you get up and you have a specific bowl of porridge and then <laughs> well I mean in lock so in lockdown my typical day is a kind of get up um work out me and my brother and his best mate have got we've been doing insanity which has been horrifically brilliant horrible <laughs> at the same time I can imagine um get sorted kind of and it depends what I've got on that day like if I've got a live that night but I'll, I'll either have a write with someone like a co-write so I'll kind of warm up my voice get sorted have my porridge as you say very important um yeah like do a co-write or like schedule some posts for Instagram like I'm trying to trying to get used to being on all those and um, social media things because apparently they're really important and I only just realized um <laughs> like film a video for YouTube do some writing I've been kind of like taking a step back and learning about editing stuff because obviously my brother's so magic but I don't live with him and I can't always ask him to do it so yeah. trying to learn how to do it myself um yeah and then kind of wind down and and have dinner with my family or there's been a couple of evenings where I've had workshops with casting directors or talks with casting directors or me and a couple of my pals from school um read a play together or or something like that so yeah trying to keep them both going keep things picking what have you got planned for the rest of today then the rest of today so today's been really fun because 
because we've done this podcast and I've been doing some vocal I had to do a vocal take for something earlier so the rest of the day I've got a little bit of editing to finish off and it's really sunny so I might try and convince my mum to come for a, a walk down the beach if we can get anywhere without seeing too many people um social distance yes social distance yeah very important I'm not I'm not really supposed to I mean we're only allowed out still I'm still only allowed out for for an hour a day but if I can get down luckily I live five minutes from the beach so hopefully try and get down the beach or cook dinner or something really nice wind down isn't it okay then what I'll do now is I'll start to wrap this up then because there's some questions I want to ask you regarding what you just mentioned there is there anything else you'd like to add specifically for the people to hear for the people to hear (laughs) where first things first where can we find you on your on your socials well yeah so I think I'm just Poppy Fardell when it comes to everything so Spotify iTunes Instagram TikTok now TikTok Twitter Facebook YouTube it's just Poppy Fardell and you will find me there yeah, I'll always say hello. Everybody, <laughs> check it out and check out the everyone's music. welcome. <laughs> now, like yeah, like I say, is there anything else you want to? Have I missed anything in terms of career music? I don't think so. I don't think you have. You know, um, I try. I try and get everything. I usually, I usually forget like the key things. I think you. I think you've had some really. I've, I've really enjoyed the the range of questioning, especially the accent test okay so the final round of questions is Mm -hmm. i've got two debates that i need your opinion on and then it's just like a a run through of a night so the two debate questions is jaffa cake is it a cake or is it a biscuit it is a cake in the form of a biscuit (laughs) (laughs) it is it has shape-shifted into but i mean to be honest Oh, it's, you know what? I don't think I've ever given a serious thought-out answer to this because I would say cake, but a cake is bigger than that. So it's a biscuit, isn't it? It's a biscuit cake. It's there's, a cakey biscuit. The, the frustrating thing with that is there's no right answer. I mean, There is no right answer because you can justify it either way, can't you? It's like what came first, the chicken or the egg? I mean, I always say it's a cake. I've always said it was a cake. But then recently, since I've been asking this question and people give me their, um, their responses, I mean... Balen Leonard, he said that you dunk a biscuit in a cup of tea or coffee, whereas you don't, you don't dunk, dunk cake. Yeah, you don't dunk cake. He's so, right. He's he's a clever man. He's he's not wrong. But I a don't cake know. A sponge. Yeah. Do you know what? Funny on the Jaffa cake thing. When I did sitting, um, they we Jaffa cakes were the thing that we ate throughout it. But I don't eat dairy, so our stage manager had to make me vegan Jaffa cakes for every show. <laughs> And it was amazing because I hadn't had Jaffa cakes in so long. I haven't had that like taste. Yeah. And um, they, were, they were really good. Are you going to hire um, the um, stage manager to bake you all the time now? When I have money, I will absolutely do that. <laughs> she will be my on-call Jaffa cake baker if she's happy to, you know, do that for the rest of her life. Is it, um, I don't want to sound crass or anything, but is it difficult being vegan? No, not at all. I mean, I think maybe 10 years ago it probably was. But now it's so easy. Like there's so many options and things are developing even more. Like especially in the last two years, I've noticed it. Um, yeah, I don't find it hard at all. And I'm a bit of a foodie. So like for me, it's fine. Like I'll rustle up something 
as long as it's got garlic and onion in it, it's fine. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. Okay, so the second debate of the questions is, mm-hmm. do you eat, obviously you're vegan, so you don't eat dairy, but do you have like <laughs> some form of pizza? Yes. Would you put pineapple on pizza? Right. I am not opposed to a pineapple pizza. I would have pineapple on pizza. I wouldn't have it on every pizza. I'd have to be in the mood. But I am one of those people that would have pineapple on pizza. So it doesn't it disgust you? I wouldn't turn, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily choose it, but I would not turn it away. I'll, I'll take that as a yes, pineapple can go on pizza. Yeah, that, that, okay, I agree. That's my answer. I would, I, I would have pineapple on my pizza. Yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of people that say no. Um, Jessica Taylor music. I like the fruit thing. I like fruit in salad. I like a bit of, you know, mash it up, change it up. That's it. As long I mean, as it's not like. I've always enjoyed, hmm? I've always enjoyed like strawberries and even sometimes orange segments within like a salad. Yeah, or pomegranate. Pomegranate, exactly. Sassy. 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 I love it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pineapple on pizza all the way. Okay, so the questions, <laughs> the round of questions now is almost like a night out, but it's from like the start of the day to the end of the night. Now, Great. when you start your day, do you drink tea or coffee? Um, I would drink uh, water and then tea. Tea. But not caffeinated tea, because it gives me a headache. So, tea. Oh, fair enough. I mean, I've never, <laughs> I've never been a big fan of decaf. I mean, I always I always need that energy shot in the morning, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel you. What kind of teas do you drink, then? I love green tea. I love chamomile tea. Um, I like I like just kind of sometimes, like, putting, like, mint in hot water or something. Like, just making it up myself. Or ginger. I like ginger tea. I mean, I like the mint and the cucumber. I like putting um, mint and cucumber and stuff like that in cold water, not hot water. But cold water. Cold water. Did I say cucumber in hot water? No, 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 no. I, okay. I <laughs> had a cucumber. <laughs> I was going to say, like, that would be disgusting. Nice um, bit of soggy yeah. cucumber. <laughs> yeah, so I do tea for the morning, yeah. So when it, do you drink tea at night time as well, or is it just water or juices or that kind of stuff? I would pro- I would... If it wasn't hot, I have a chamomile tea in the evening. I like that. Do you eat biscuits? I love biscuits. What kind of biscuits? I try not to because you can just go and like Oreos. <laughs> like biscuits are one of those things that like you could eat the pack and it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I stray away from biscuits, but I really enjoy them. What kind of Oreos do you like then? Because they've got so many different flavours now. I think just the original. I think just the original. I like, I yeah, like you can dip it in peanut butter. Oh. You can, you can just eat it how it is. Like, what's not to love? That sounds. Rich. Oh god, that sounds good. Rich teas are nice as well, aren't they? Rich teas are quite satisfactory. See, I enjoy, I enjoy a rich tea, but mm-hmm. I like to dunk my biscuits in my drinks because I mm-hmm. drink coffee and tea. So mm-hmm. when it comes to the dunking, rich tea just doesn't have that dunkability. It really. It's not dunkable. No. It's really upsetting. <laughs> oh, I like hobnobs as well. The plain hobnobs, they're good. What, what if you had to choose then a biscuit? If like you was going to go to an island and there was only one packet of biscuit you could take with you, and it can't be a multi pack either. Oh, say as well. Um, that's really mean. That's a mean question. I think I'd have to take Oreos. Oreos. Mm. Oh, fair enough. 
now going from the biscuits, is there any like crisps that you'd eat? Yeah. Potato chips. My favourite my favourite crisps in the world are salt and vinegar squares. Salt and vinegar I haven't had them in ages. Yeah, oh. have them because they are unbelievable. They're they're the forgotten crisp. Yes. And like as soon as I say this to people, they're like, Oh my god, yeah, squares are I mean they did kind of redesign them like just last year. They taste they're not as like thick, but so every now and then you get a packet that's thick. But oh my god, salt and vinegar squares are the best things in the world, hands down. The thing is with Salt and vinegar squares, but in particular the squares, they were the most zingier crisps out mm-hmm. of the salt They're and vinegar really range. Zingy. You know, you mm-hmm. can feel it at the roof of your mouth, and it's like, ooh. Yeah. As soon as you open the packet, it's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want from a pack of uh, pack of crisps. Oh yeah, definitely. Going from there, then, if we're going out on a night out now, so mm-hmm. where would you rather go for a night out? Would you rather go to a pub, a club, or a bar? What's the difference between a pub and a bar? A pub and a bar. A pub's like a country house type thing with a, a fire and a... Sells pints and stuff. Pints and a bar's like a... In a city, not like a ravey club, but it's nice, quiet, the mellow shops music. and cocktails. Yes. And... and then a club's obviously where all the music's happening until 2am in the morning, 3, 4am in the morning. This is hard. I like because it really depends on what mood you're in, doesn't it? Like sometimes a pub is perfect with a load of friends if you've done a quiz and like you just want to chat. But then sometimes a nightclub is just the place you need to be. Where you go out. At. Um yeah, you go out. You you're not going out, you're going out, out. Going out. So, out, out, out. Going out, out, out. so I love a club. But like also I love a bar. I love the slick, I love how slick London bars are. Like I like how you can get a cocktail and have with your girlfriends or you can be with your boyfriend and it kind of like it works for all like groups of people um, very very diverse yeah so maybe i'd pick a bar because the drinks are probably nicer there as well yeah, i can go with that probably a bit more a bit more thought out see i can go with that because it's got a it's got a bit of everything it's yeah your, it's your bit, you, you could be that group yeah you could be that group up dancing or you can be that group sat down chatting you've got the best of both worlds i mean there's plenty of bars out there that you know, open during the day, so you've got the quieter ambience, and then stay up until mm-hmm. late at night and turn into like almost a clubby type thing. So yeah, yeah. good answer. Yeah, and and you don't have to pay ten pounds to get into them and lose your coat, so it's pretty handy. <laughs> That's always the worst thing, especially going out in like Leeds. There's certain clubs in Leeds that you just pay a ridiculous amount of money to get into, and it's not worth it. In my opinion, anyhow, that is. You know, sorry to all the clubs out there that might want to sponsor this. You know, I love you all, really. <laughs> yeah. Going on from you in a bar now, what kind of drink would you normally or usually drink? I know we briefly touched on this earlier. So this is hard. Um, I I used to like a porn star classic i used to enjoy um a pink gin and, to- and tonic but like these days i probably like i really just enjoy i don't know if you know they've got that pink aromatic tonic water yes and i love that on its own if someone gives me a pink tonic water with loads of ice and like the fruit then i'm really happy with that it's so refreshing you feel like you're getting involved with the drinking but you, you don't necessarily wake up with a hangover um yeah i could do pink tonic you all night long smart smart woman Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You craft. <laughs> yeah, we'll go out I've figured it out. I've cracked. I've cracked the code. <laughs> um, fever tree. Do a lot of yeah. the aromatic 
Yeah, tonic, I actually tonic. really want one now that I'm talking about it. Pink tonic. You can drink it in a day, but it's legal. I mean, it's not that it's illegal anyway, but you know what I mean? <laughs> it's legal driving. Yeah, exactly. Now, we've had our drinks. Imagine you actually had alcohol and you're going for something to eat. Just to reline your mm-hmm. stomach. What would it be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I... um. Well, I, so when I turned 18, like when we, me and my friends all used to go out to the local club, like people would always tell the story that like everyone would grab like a kebab or whatever chips and they'd all come up to my house because my house is in town and like we had a big kitchen and I had a really big bed. So all my, like <laughs> all my friends would like jump into bed with me and they'd stay over um, and I wouldn't buy anything from the shop, but I'd come home drunk and start chopping up garlic and like making something really ridiculously like over the top, like soy sauce, a bit of coriander, bit of that in there, noodles. Yeah, like I would just start like chefing in the kitchen, which is hilarious. But if I wasn't doing that, if I wasn't being over the top and craving something really not end of the night, I'd probably like get a piece of bread with chips and cabbage. I love cabbage. Cabbage is my favorite food. Cabbage. I mean, yeah, I really like it. <laughs> what? How? How do you have the cabbage? Is it like chopped up in coleslaw, or is it? Well, like no, it's the non coleslaw one, but but it's been like soaked, so it's like a little bit good, not really, but like it's not crunchy. It's got yeah. that nice middle ground. I'm talking about cabbage, but it's really good. That sounds. I mean, the only time I usually have cabbage is either in coleslaw or mm-hmm. as part of a Sunday dinner. Yep, red cabbage. I made that the other day. It took me four hours for my family. Ooh. So good. Oh, yeah, actually, yes, red cabbage. I always forget about Because mm. whenever I think of cabbage, I think about the white cabbage. Ah, yeah. See, but red's my favourite. Red is awesome. Red cabbage. I mean, especially when you mm. go to Toby Carvery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real good. It's good stuff. Now, going on from there, if you had to, it's now just a normal day. You're going out for a meal. Where would you rather go? Would you rather go to like a sit-down restaurant where you can sit and peruse over the menu and then choose like your food? Or would you rather rather mm-hmm. go to like a takeaway kind of shop? I know, I know being vegan, it's a bit different, but like McDonald's or KFC, that kind of chain. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like grabbing a pizza, like Domino's or something. Yeah. Um, I guess it depends on because if you want to sit in your sweats and watch a film then that's perfect but nine times out of ten I like going out for food because I don't know it's just enjoyable I like doing this thing like be hungry and you tend you can see the food coming you kind of go oh and then they're like oh and then it's not coming and that's really enjoyable that's you can't do that with a takeaway <laughs> that that what you've experienced there is almost the soul crushing thing that happens to me pretty much all the time every every time i go out eating it's yep that's my yeah nope nope it's not it's gone nope 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 yeah you just watch it walk away um but yeah i love going out to eat because you can like yeah i like sitting down and chatting and you know glass of wine if you want one and stuff like that yeah what's fun what kind of wine do you like um i wouldn't i like maybe white or rosé i used to like red but i don't drink red anymore don't i mean i don't really drink anymore but definitely not red <laughs> only in gravy now the last question i want to ask you as part of this podcast and it's not to do like mm-hmm. the questions i've just asked you i was actually going to ask you this at the start but as mm-hmm. always i always forget little bits now you was actually sung as part of the song suffragettes 
Yeah. It's almost like yeah, the yeah. ultimate writing round for like all the yeah. great, great artists. And mm-hmm. you are a great artist. What was it like being as part of that? Yeah, I mean, amazing. I mean, I love the song Suffragettes. Um, I really hope to kind of do more stuff with them. Um, but yeah, that was really, really cool, especially with the lineup that it, that it was. I'm a huge fan of Tenille Arts and she was brilliant. I mean, all the other artists were fabulous. Emily Earl, Jordan, uh, Marissa, they were, they were just brilliant company to be in. And the only thing that would have made it better is being in Nashville, like in person playing yeah. that show. Um, but I had a great time being involved, yeah. What was it like? What happened then during the actual event? You know, because it was done over YouTube. You know, was mm-hmm. it like a moment where you were all like on FaceTime with each other just before and like, you ready for this? And yeah, like, so um, we did a little Zoom call like a few days before just to check everyone's audios were all good and everyone knew what, what was going on. Um, and then just before we were on Zoom together, just checking everyone's audio. And then Marissa brought her puppy on, which was really oh. cute. Um, so yeah, we were just chatting away just before we went live. That's crazy. Do you, yeah. do you ever feel like, wow, what am I doing here? yeah especially like I found that with the live streams you can kind of come out of it a bit like oh I'm in my bedroom (laughs) um but yeah yeah awesome so I think that's everything I mean everybody check out Poppy on the socials and on music yeah (laughs) thank you for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you it's been really really fun Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I've had a great time. That's that's what I want. That's what I love to hear. <laughs> Everybody check out Better Start and I'll see you all next time. So right for now. That was the Country Chat Podcast. Join Dom next time for exclusive interviews, reviews and general chit-chats on all things country music.